Confidence. Confidence in the Lord. We don't have much time tonight, but confidence in the Lord. You know, if you could convince people, and this is going to sound kind of funny, that the economy is going to crash, that the economy is going to collapse. You know, if you could get everybody talking about it, what would happen? The economy would collapse. And you know, the simple reason is that our economy has one essential foundation, and it's confidence. Confidence in, in, in where our economy is. That's why the president just last Friday came on, came on TV to, to give us confidence about the economy. And you know what? Even when he says what he says, we don't have a lot of confidence in our economy right now. And rightfully so. But the same is true uh, of every similar situation, financial, political, or spiritual. If confidence is undermined, it is certain to lead to disaster. And tonight and over the next couple weeks, we're going to examine three themes related to confidence. Theme number one is confidence toward God. Theme number two is confidence in our, in our fellow believer, in our, in our friends, in our believing friends, our fellow believers. And then finally, the warning against giving up our confidence. So let's just, uh, let's just deal with confidence in God tonight. Let's see how long, how quick we can go through this. Uh, Mr. Blake, I guess you're handling it anyway, but I don't have my little uh, flicker, my little... We've had church since VBS. I'm sure I had it. I don't think I walked off with it. But I don't need it. I don't need it tonight, but it's gone. Will you look for it after service? Thank you. All right. Confidence in God. We're going to examine various examples of confidence toward God, first from the Old Testament and then from the New. And we're going to, we're going to approach this, these scriptures in faith and I be- really believe that if you will allow these words, the, the, this word from Scripture to come in, I believe that it's going to fill you with godly confidence. L- let, me, let me pray before we read. Lord, I just ask that the word would go into us. Lord, I feel like that the ground has been plowed by this worship team. Lord, that we've praised, that we've worshiped, that we've opened our heart to you. Now, Lord, I just, I just uh, invite your word uh, to come into our heart. And to uh, fill, that, fill that hole that we have. Fill that need that we have for your word. Just fill us up tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. A great note of confidence and victory. Was this up here the whole time? Did somebody put it up here when I was praying? Can I tell you one time, uh, Pastor Matt was praying, and he put his head down on the podium like this, and he was praying, and when he came up, the prayer list was stuck to, the, <laughs> stuck to his head, and he didn't know it, and it, it probably stayed up there for five seconds before he recognized it. I'm, I'm down, I'm with Elizabeth going, oh my gosh, look, 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 because I mean, he's still praying, and we're supposed to have our head down, I'm like, look, anyway. I got it. Okay. Lord, we want your word to come in. Confidence. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. This, I believe, was a secret that David had. This, this secret of David's victory throughout his life was this tremendous confidence in God. And let me tell you, everybody came after David. The enemy, his brothers, everybody. His master, everybody. The person that he was working for, the person that he played the harp for to help drive away demons, started throwing spears at him. He had opportunities to kill the man, and he wouldn't do it. You know why he wouldn't do it? Because he had confidence in God in that God was going to do what he said he would do. He had this tremendous confidence no matter what happened, whether his enemies came to devour his flesh or armies rose against him, he was confident in the Lord. In Proverbs 3.23, we find another beautiful picture of confidence. Catch this. It says, then you will walk safely in your way. And your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The Bible consistently teaches us not to fear. You have not been given a spirit of fear. When fear arrives, it is not God. I'm not talking about the fear of God. That's different. Let me tell you, the fear of God feels different than terror, doesn't it? There's a difference, and you can identify it. And when you can identify that, all of a sudden you can say, that's not from God. What should be replaced with that? Confidence in God. But the problem is, in the midst of our fear, we don't think. We let fear get us. And we live in fear. Where, what is fear? Fear is the opposite of confidence in God. Confidence in God is peace. The Scripture teaches us, teaches God's people not to fear. That's why if you, sometimes if you hear a word of prophecy that, that, that drives fear into people, we should question it doesn't mean that God does not bring strong words. Go read the prophets. What's God saying in his strong words? Fear me and you'll get out of it. If you don't, you're going down. It's a good word. Sin leads to death. That's a good word. God's saying here, when trouble from the wicked comes, it's not your problem. As long as you're not the wicked... It's not going to strike you. Right? Did y'all did y'all read that? Okay. Verse 25. Don't be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Stay with me now. Verse 26 says, The Lord will be your confidence. That's where to find the confidence. He will keep your foot from being caught. And God doesn't change. He's always in control. He's never flustered. He's never frustrated with the situation because it didn't work out like he thought. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's coming. He knows the answer. He's given us the answer. 
He desires us to use the answer and Him to deliver our foot from being caught in the snare. Let me tell you, the church's foot is caught in the snare of fear. The world, the world's foot is caught in the snare of fear. Once had somebody come to me and say, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a demon. I feel like I've got something going on. I, you know, the, uh, I've just got some pretty dark stuff going on. And I, I just asked this person, what are you watching at night? Well, I watch horror movies. I said, quit. Start there. Quit watching that. And let's see if it doesn't go away. The person loved the Lord's Spirit filled somebody I would have pray for me any day. But when you're feeding yourself with fear, fear's going to get you. You can't, my dad always said, daddy always said, you can't, you stick around, stink, you stick around what a, what a bear does in the woods long enough, you'll start to stink. Is that a good word? Y'all, y'all were afraid to say yes because you didn't like the reference that much. But you, you stick around the wrong people and they will rub off on you. You, you drink in fear, you're going to start letting out fear. So my, my, my word to that person was, I'm going to pray for you, but quit watching those horror flicks. And let's go from there. And you know what? It stopped. It stopped. Lord doesn't change. He never encounters an unexpected situation or emergency. He always has the answer. Always. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Um, again, if, if y'all were at first service, the Lord really moved uh, in my heart during uh, he has made me, gl- made me glad. You are my shield. You are my strong tower. You are my refuge. You are my very present help in time of need. Man, something Something in my spirit, I believe, agrees with heaven when we start proclaiming, really, who God is. Uh, Caleb was teaching on worship a couple nights ago during VBS, and he just started saying, start saying what God is. What is God? He's faithful. He's truthful. He's, he's the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. And then turned on some music and had the kids start shouting that. Let me tell you, that will fill your heart. Man, where are you? I'm preaching good. You got to get it out of your mouth. Number one, you got to know it. And you know what was funny is the kids knew it. Caleb didn't help them. He let them shout it out and agreed with that. He's, he's awesome. Tell him how good he is. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. When we have the right attitude toward God, there is no need for worry. He is our shelter and place of protection. Let's go to the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus says the Lord, the Holy One, the, the Holy one of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not, and you said, No, for we will flee on a horses, therefore you shall flee, and we will ride on the swift horses, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift." Something that just pops out to me again, it says, and you said, 
We've just been listening about the words that you say. Have, have, y'all, been, have y'all been listening about how God, in, in his hearing of what we say, gives us what we say? And God said, nope, this is right. Here's what you should get. In returning and, in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. And you said, no, we will flee on our horses. And what does God say? Well, okay, then you will flee. You get what you say. God's calling his people to return to him. And do you know when we return to him, what do we find? We find rest. I can tell you as I get older, I don't rest as well. Can anybody agree with that? I don't think that's scriptural. I really think my rest should improve. Now, maybe it's not necessarily exactly laying my head on the pillow, but I think that has a, I think that has a place too. I think the natural plays in just as much as the spiritual and we're supposed to have good rest and I'm not old enough to be not resting well I don't care how old y'all think I am or how old do you think I should how you think I should feel at my age I I think I read here that as, as long as my heart's right I should sleep good can anybody say amen to that well that makes me think maybe my heart's not right you know what God would say ding 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 you're the winner. You got it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Let me. The Lord says this is the way you should have it. If you don't, then something's, something's not messed up with the kingdom. Something's messed up with us. What's he calling us to? Quietness. Trust. And confidence regardless of what's going on around us. Time and time again, this is evident in Israel's history. When God's people were obedient to him, their enemies defeated, and Israel experienced peace. But when Israel relied on their own strength, they were defeated and ultimately scattered throughout the nations. Let's go to the New Testament. I'll close. I'll close right here, pretty close. You know, the Greek word in the New Testament that I'm going to show you for the word confidence is such a forceful word. It's specifically related to the, to the confidence in speech. Now, here we get back to our words. I'm telling you, God is a God of words. God speaks, and he wants us to speak. He hears us speak. He reacts to us speaking. He is looking for someone to speak his word so that he can perform it. He, he responds to speak, speech and in the secular Greek usage, it's denoted as freedom of speech or the right to say what you think. And it's an almost exact equivalent of the liberty of speech that's guaranteed in our uh, Constitution. And it basically means you don't have to be silent about what you believe. You have an absolute right to say it and no one can silence you. It's like a Bill of Rights word. But in the New Testament, the first scripture we're going to look at deals with confidence, is in uh, John chapter 3. Let's look at this. It says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. What does that mean? It means we can say anything that we want. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If our heart does not condemn us, what does that mean? If we cannot feel guilty, there is no condemnation. I prayed for somebody this week that could not forgive themselves. 
Everybody can relate to that. Let me tell you, I can relate to that. And you know what? I've I'd gotten to a point in my life where I finally forgave myself for some of the things that I'd done. But you know what will happen? You'll stumble and you'll pick it back up. You'll start picking all that stuff back up. What is that? Satan trying to separate you. It says, if we, if we will not have condemnation, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Man, that is so deep. Number one, we got to ask. And then also, we need to be doing what he says to do. That's what a Christ follower does. This is not we get saved and then can act in the way we want and ask God to bless everything we're doing. That's greasy grace. doesn't work that way. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, it'll show. People won't have to ask, are you a Christian? They'll know you're a Christian because you're different. People didn't have to say, is Jesus a Christian? <laughs> they could see in what he said and what he did that something was different. And I want you to know, even in today's day, people will follow that. If Jesus were here today, people would follow him. Not everybody. We want to, we want to think that our nation has gone to hell in a handbasket. It's, it's, it's no different than it was then. People will respond to Jesus' word. We just have to say it. The basic requirement for your prayers being answered is confidence. Don't let the devil rob you of confidence. Exercise your prayer rights and the liberty of petitioning because Jesus purchased it for you. It's written in your constitution. Another attack of the enemy that many Christians have difficulty with is what I've just mentioned is condemnation. Romans 8 shows us that life in the Spirit is a life of freedom and liberty without a shadow of condemnation. You can't enter or live in life presented in Romans 8 if you're living under condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, we know this. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Condemnation is a, the great barrier to liberty, to joy, to peace, and to the power of the Holy Spirit. But when the right attitude of confidence, but a right attitude of confidence will allow us to overcome this great obstacle. Just as I prayed for this gentleman uh, this week, you got to learn to forgive yourself. And my approach to that, you know, people will say, well, you don't know what I've done. My approach is, no, I don't know what you've done. You don't know what I've done. But is Jesus' blood not enough? Do you believe Jesus forgave you? Yes, I believe he forgave me. You not forgiving is not accepting what Jesus did for you. You're hanging on. You're hanging on to what Jesus has already let go of. And you need to let go of it. Now maybe there's still consequences that you've got to walk through because of some of the things you did. Let me encourage you, walk through them. You've got Jesus with you now. It says that he's your advocate. He's your attorney. He's the one talking to the king. 
He's the one talking to God the Father saying, no, he, he is guilty, but I put, I, he's mine. We are guilty. We are guilty of sin. But we don't plead innocence. We plead the blood. And Jesus has forgiven you. If you're saved and you've come to the Lord and confessed your sin, let me tell you the first step you need to do. Number one, Jesus has forgiven you. Number two, you need to forgive yourself. And you may need to do it again and again and again. How many of you have ever forgiven your brother or your sister or your dad or your mom or your whoever and you had to do it again and again? That's why, that's why one of the disciples said, well, how many times? Well, more than you can count. If you've got to ask that question, forgive them again. I ran into somebody this week that said, I can't go in the church anymore because I'm upset with this other person. I said, forgive them. That wasn't the response they were wanting. They want me just to love on them, tell them they were sorry. No, forgive them. We're not saying what they did to you is right. We're not saying that they can do that to you again. We're just saying, Jesus, you're enough. And I'm not going to hold them to that account anymore because that person doesn't even know I'm holding that unforgiveness toward them. I'm the one that's being hurt because of my unforgiveness. Forgive them. Forgive them. You want to get free? Let's get free of fear. Let's get free of unforgiveness. And let's be the church. And let's, let's see a miracle in this church. I think we saw one Sunday. Let's continue. Somebody get fired up. Go out here and lead somebody to Christ. Go out here and lead somebody out of addiction. Go out here and lead somebody out of a broken marriage. Quit telling them to leave their husband. Quit telling them to leave their wife. If it's an abusive situation, that's different. I'm just saying, if they're wanting to go find some greener pasture, explain to them, it's not greener. It's green where you water it. Go water your pasture. Go tend to what God's given you. God will bless that. All right, y'all stand up with me and let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I just thank you that we can have confidence in you and in your word. And that, Lord, there's nothing that we face that you don't know. There is no situation that we walk into that you're not with us on. You are there with us. Lord, I ask you to reveal sin in our life. And Lord, I ask you for the strength to confess that sin and to repent. And then, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, that as we repent, that our confidence would be stronger and that uh, uh, love casts out all fear. Lord, we need the love of Jesus in our heart. I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Somebody here today is battling with their mind than their thoughts. I want you to know that God has, God has given you a sound mind. A sound mind. Thank you, Lord. We're turning back to you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning. It's still going to be 8.15 and 10.30 until July 1st. Then it's going to be 10.30. Sunday school at 9.15. God bless you.